Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Centered and Sent podcast. I'm your host, David Simfukwe, and we're still trying to live our lives Jesus-centered and Jesus-sent. Today, we'll be reading Acts chapters 3 and 4. Uh, Philip will lead the chapter 3 reading, while I will take over in the chapter 4 a little later on. Uh, however, I had to split these chapters into two different episodes because the entirety of Philip and I's uh, study here was about three hours total and that's just way too long to sit through uh, but however i will post both uh, episodes back to back uh, one after the other just so that there's no missing time in between but chapter three is about peter when he healed the lame beggar and then he immediately turned around to speak with the crowd that witnessed the miracle uh, his purpose in doing so is to um you know, wow them with a miracle and then lead them to Christ because that's who allowed Peter to even do this miracle, right? So, um, again, here's part one of the Bible study, starting with our wins and failures for the week. Uh, warning, it might get a little emotional because, uh, you know, we're, we're sharing personal information here, but we're still trying to be as open as possible. And to give some context about this first part here, our sister Abby is going to go over a dream that she had um, about a bakery that she was in. She's also going to uh, give her interpretation of what it might mean and how it applies to her life and our lives as well. Um, okay, God bless and enjoy. I was Marlene and then I went to this bakery and then this lady was so rude. I was trying to buy the bread because Marlene let me taste the bread. And I was like, this bread is so sweet. It was so white mm. and it was just so sweet. So, oh, you can you can taste it. You know? Yeah, I tasted it. It was so sweet. I remember the sweetness to it. It was like this bread. It was like, <laughs> so the verse that came out is come by bread and milk. You know, the sweetest bread. That was from Isaiah. When I, the dream came to me, so it was like that. Come and it's free and stuff. Mm-hmm. And those are the verses that came out. Yeah, I've been seeing 5-5 five, five a lot. Huh? Isaiah I've been seeing 5-5 five, five a lot. So Isaiah 55. Well, yeah. I always remember that Isaiah 55 is that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, and then in that moment, it was just like that sweet bread. And I was just like, I went to buy this. And then I was like, I want this bread. It was like three shapes of bread. There was a long one, like a French bread. And then there was like short pieces of bread. And then there was a round one. It was just a bunch of breads. And I went in there and this lady was just giving me a nasty attitude. And I was like, how come they bought the bread? And I can't buy the bread, you know? And then it was kind of like a window on the window like come buy the bread Mm. so and i went to get the bread and then i was like she didn't give me the bread that i wanted i was like i want this specific bread this bread that this girl was eating that's the one that i want Mm. that's what i was saying i'm like i need this bread and then she just kept on giving me an attitude because i was like this doesn't make sense and then i don't know if i bought the bread but i don't remember all i know is that i wanted that bread and the bread was really sweet and i was like i need this bread and then in the gym i think she was eating um some meat but i didn't eat that meat but i wanted the bread (laughs) Like she was eating some meat and I was like, it looked like the store that we went to. So the dream kind of gave me a deja vu because I was like, this feels like something that happened before. Mm-hmm. And then also like, I guess cause I was, this is very interesting cause that dream was very like really clear. And I don't understand why I was dreaming about bread. And then uh, there's something again that happened in the dream that is also a deja vu. And I'm just like, I'm trying to understand. It's like, uh, I think it's a parallel to something. That's what I'm trying to understand. Mm. Like something has happened in my dream that feels like it's very tangible in the physical world. 
but the dream how the dream came about for me to actually because i couldn't remember the dream but how the dream came about is like it just came in built some pieces mm -hmm. of like remembering bread and then da -da -da -da. so i feel like there's more to the dream and it keeps on unraveling itself because i asked the host i'm like why did i dream this dream and this dream feels so tangible mm -hmm. yet it's like it's like piece by piece that keeps on coming up and mm -hmm. that's basically what happened as i was praying it was i said come come by the bread and you know sweets and the bread is free and da -da -da -da. Yeah. so yeah I don't know what's the significance of that, but sometimes I try to search my heart because I'm like, yeah, what is my relationship with God like? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, maybe I, God is telling me um, I need to eat bread now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I was drinking milk before, because I dreamt that I drink. I was eating cereal. I was eating milk, so now it's time to eat the bread. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jesus, I am the bread of life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sir, give us this bread always. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, yeah, my dream was it was weird, but the portion that's significant is for some reason. Yeah, okay. I went to the bathroom, and I don't know. I don't remember like you know using the bathroom anything, but I remember there was a spider on top of the toilet, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is so weird." So at that moment, I made it my mission to try and kill the spider as safely and as distance as possible. So uh, in this bathroom, it was, really, it was an interesting bathroom. It's like really well furnished. What I, I mean by that is like literally what you would see like in um, you know a regular house where they have like the the shelves and then they have like this um, it, I guess you could say like a suit of armor piece, maybe like a spear kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> I was looking around for some object to try and kill this spider. It was just there. And then um, I, I took apart this, like, uh, it wasn't really a spear, but it was uh, a metal thing that had two pieces, took it apart, and I don't remember if, like, I actually went ahead and tried to kill it, because I was afraid that thing was just going to come and, you know, attack me. But I was reading in Isaiah, um, uh, you know, like, a spider and webs and, you know, as we know from dream interpretations, it, like, means, like, traps and all that stuff mm -hmm. so that's when I when I woke up and started my day when I remember the dream like you know God <laughs> protect me from the traps but then I also remembered the, the, the verse that says um, when whoever digs a pit will fall into it you know whoever sets basically a trap they themselves will be trapped by that same trap mm -hmm. um, and then also in Proverbs um, I think actually, I think that's that's. I think it's Ecclesiastes. It, yeah, yeah, it is soon. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, huh. Well, well, again, whoever is setting that trap, whatever trap that is, I pray that you know it doesn't affect me. So. Um, one of the biggest things I think a lot of people get scared of. Um, one of the biggest mindsets, because we don't ha understand the mind of God, and that's what I was trying to. Um, God is. It, like every time God always reminds me, he's like, you don't know what I'm thinking about. Well, you're always trying to control everything. <laughs> That's what he always tells me. So the mind blowing is like, I, it's like all of us want to trust God, right? We trust God to an extent because of the evidence that he has affirmed himself. Yeah. So it's kind of like a level to level. And I mean, he does push, well, I wouldn't say push buttons, but he increases the level. 
and to make you in that moment of um, uh, trusting him. Yeah. So therefore, um, you know, remember in Isaiah, it was like, you you little worm, Jacob, and stuff. <laughs> exactly. So uh, you understand the vastness of how big God is in that moment. Because I was thinking about, like, if God thinks, like, you know, Israel is a worm. Like, think about a worm and how big this world is and how high the sky is. Think about it. Yeah. So he's just like a worm. So, and I thought about it. And then Jacob is a worm. Like, it's a whole nation. That's how small the nation is. Like a worm, yeah. right? He's not saying like Jacob one person. No, Jacob, the whole Israel. Yeah. That's basically what he's saying. So, and I sat over there one time and I was reading that part and I was like, and God was telling me, like, why are you always trying to think for me? Like, you always try to go ahead of me. And then, like, and I always try to tell God, well, if you do this, then this will happen. And, you know, and he always tells me all the time, like, this is so much pride in you. Like, you need to, like, chill out and trust me, mm -hmm. you know, in all things. For me, I never have any problem with anything in my life. Like, I don't have a problem. I have a problem with people telling me what to do with my life. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be anybody's puppet. And that's the way it seems like. Like, I am okay in the seasons that I'm in. But I think the issue comes when people influence you a lot. There's nothing wrong. Because when I sit sometimes, I'm like, I'm like in a just moment and I'm enjoying what God is doing and I'm trusting him and then suddenly pressure comes in mm -hmm. and you feel like you're cuckoo and then you start acting on that pressure and yeah. you're like I'm crazy because everybody's telling me this and I'm crazy and then you're like how do you respond in such gravitation of like you just want to be angry and just want to yell and I'm like you don't know what God is doing and then God is like who told you to stop bragging about what I'm doing? <laughs> you know, and that's how God goes back to us. He goes like, yes, I can do all those things, but who told you to be bragging about what I'm doing for you, yeah. right? You need to be quiet and you need to be silent. You need to trust me. And because most of the times, you know, we want to like, okay, for me, I don't know about you guys. For me, I'm just like, I know what God has for me. Mm -hmm. I know the plans that God has for me. Why can't you see the plans that God has for me? Why can't you open your eyes and see what God has for me? You know, why can't you believe with me what God has for me? Why can't you stand with me what God has for me? Even the mere people that are so closest to us, even the people that we love, they will find fault in everything. Um, the example is, um, uh, I remember one time I was talking to, you know, my friends. We had a conversation. One of the topics that she brought up was, um, about marriage, let's give an example. I'll give you an example. And then we just asked about like what she thought about the whole thing. So I just asked in a sense of like, people, one thing I do believe that last year when I prayed, I do I did believe that God opened up the door. That's the reason I had that, you know, the dream that I had about breakthrough. Mm -hmm. So, and then I sat over there and then I was like, you know, to be reminded, like, the things that people believe about you and the things that people see in the natural. This is why I say we have error. We're all humans and we have error. Nobody is like Jesus, but we can be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Nobody is Jesus, but we can be like Jesus. Yeah. All of us are falling short to the glory of God, and all of us are sinners. So, and that's the reason I don't put so much... Um, pressure on people because I know that I'm a sinner and you're a sinner so therefore I would not you know but I do understand that if you know the truth I'm gonna have to correct you because <laughs> you know the truth 
that's a difference, okay? Mm-hmm. So people don't take this uh, personal now. Since I know the truth, I'm gonna have to correct you. But in instances whereby, uh, when it comes to curses, right? I do believe, because a lot of people go like, oh my gosh, you need to pray. And I was like, I've done everything that I can. Yeah. I have prayed, I have fasted. Why should I spend my time praying about demonic spiritual warfare? Is God's hand too short for anything? Mm-hmm. You know, in that moment. And what I'm trying to say is this. We pray about those things, whatever it is, generation curses. Like even the young lady, whenever she was saying, the video that I sent you about, whenever she was praying, and then, you know, these spirits were like, you know, having, you know, relations with her in the dreams, and then she prayed about it, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, just having authorities, about knowing your authority in the kingdom realm and stuff like that. So what happens in those situations where, um, uh, what happens in those situations, and I don't want to prolong this conversation, but the whole point what I'm trying to say is like, you know, when somebody tells you that, oh, there's something wrong in your bloodline or whatever, but I spend my time praying so hard, like, what am I doing wrong, right? There's something wrong with your bloodline. You know, not to say somebody has error, because, I mean, not to say somebody might not be right or wrong, you know? I don't know what God talks to you. That's fine with me. Mm. So am I, like, how do you answer when people tell you those things? Well, the same people that believe in you, they will tell you, oh, yeah, God has a season. And then you come to that person, and that's for everybody else. This is for you, all of you guys, in understanding. That's why I think it's, for me, I've learned it's time for you to be private with you and God. Whatever God is doing in your dimension, just be quiet. Because a lot of us want validation when we want to have conversation in everything else. And we are going to get led astray in how we believe, our theology. So sometimes it's okay to listen. Just listen and take it to the throne of God. Because people have something to say. And what I'm saying by that is like, when my best friend told me, like, I came to her and I told her about uh, my belief about... um, Okay, I was talking about like having a job, and I was like, "Oh, I applied for a job, but you know they didn't call me back." And then she tells me, "Oh, I need to pray about whatever the situation is, maybe because there's a, a curse there. Maybe somebody might have put a curse there." Mm-hmm. I said, "None of my business, because I pray. Mm-hmm. It's the God that I pray to. If I spend my time praying in the closet, and every time I pray and I love the Lord, the Bible says, when you surrender your life to Christ." When you allow Jesus to come in your life and work in you a clean heart all the time, you are not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And when you, the Bible says, the moment that you accept your Lord Jesus as your Savior and his bloodline becomes your DNA, guess what? Every curse is broken. I don't care how it is. But as long as every time I am being sanctified, I do believe that the curses are already broken. Because there is no way, uh, like, I'm not saying that I pray too much, because I know there are people who pray more than me, and I do know that, you know, that was a rude awakening, because I used to think that I'm the one who prayed a lot. <laughs> so, you know, you find out there, the people, there are more people who are actually holier than you, actually, mm-hmm. so there's always different levels. If you think you got there, no, think again, there's somebody better than you. Yeah. That, if you remember that guy who was saying in the kingdom of God, what did he say? There's no, somebody who's greater than you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's the thing. So it's like very prideful when you think about that. And then for me, on my part, 
as I was thinking about that conversation, you know, she was like, oh, you know, you need to pray about the fact that, you know, you're not in alignment. Why, why is your marriage not coming through? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Why is your marriage not coming through? Why is your job not coming through? And I was like, really? And then she's like, you need to pray and fast and ask the Holy Spirit. I was like, I prayed those things. How many times am I going to pray? And I thought to myself, I'm like, God has already promised me marriage. If the man that promised the marriage said um, he knew 10 years ago, that's what I'm saying, it was a testing of the faith. He knew 10 years ago. Because 10 years ago, he told me, uh, you know, I have a husband for you. 10 years ago, okay? If a guy can announce, that's why God announces himself, because he knows what chaos you're going to go through. <laughs> it's all about holding on to the word of God. It's all about faith. It's all about waiting for God. And I'm just waiting on God. But the caveat to the whole thing is that this is what I find me now. God is a mystery. And when you worship him, you worship him in spirit and in truth, you are going to get mocked. You are going to get embarrassed. You are going to get everything wrong sometimes. You are going to be errored. You are not perfect. You're a human being. But as long as you know how to humble yourself before the throne of God and say, God, I messed up. Can you help me be correctly again? Can you help me become clear again? Because if everybody walks around and says, this is this and this is that, you would not have an ear to listen because you'll always be offended by everything that people say because people have error, okay? And that's the reason why you choose your value with everything. That's why I tell you guys, choose what you're choosing because even the people that you love the most are going to be the most disappointing to you because they're not your God and that's what God's trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. They're not your God. They're just people. Whenever they take out the messages, they're going to have error and those are the things I tell you guys. Do not put people on a pedestal. I tell David the same thing. Don't put me on the pedestal. Don't take everything that I say. Make God your one and only. Your one and only for everything because if you take people as the validation for everything that you're doing, you are going to be disappointed. You are going to be like, oh my gosh, I thought you were on the same page. I thought you understand my spirituality. No. 100% God is the one who understands. Now, nobody's perfect, but you choose your friends based on the work that you want to take with you, right? And that's the thing. That's why I love you guys so much. Because I know that, and this is what I'm teaching you guys, you know, because a lot of people, you have a friend. If you have friends that don't know how to pray, you can have friends that will not understand you 100% because God is the one who completes you. But if you know that somebody can pray for you and they can fast for you, even though they don't understand what's going on, they they can back you up. Yeah, take them with you, even though they have error. But don't make those people your pedestal, Okay. And that's what I'm learning because I think God was showing me that I also was validating uh, I was also wanting to validate it by Koreana so I was passing through that and God is like nah, nah, nah. this is me so when I saw the error in that situation you know oh maybe there's something wrong with you and I was like if I was that weak I would have been like oh yeah there's something wrong with this situation I would have been pleading to God and praying mm-hmm. but I was like oh hey I mean Oh no, God! <laughs> I said, Oh no, God! I understand that you have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. You really have to understand how God speaks to you because you are going to sound crazy to everybody else. 
if you don't know who, how God speaks to you and how God validates you, you are going to be stupid in front of everybody else. If you don't hold on to the word of God, you are going to fall to your butt. Because one of, the, my, one of my biggest fears that I have is that God will cause me to stand by myself in a way that I will look stupid in front of him. But just like Stephen, when he was looking to the throne of God, when he saw the glory of God, it's all about having that encounter with God and everything else does not matter. And it's all about a full surrender of your life to Christ and picking up the cross and denying everything else. That's what it's coming up to. And that's what I've noticed. And I'm just like looking at it. I'm like, what is this dimension? You guys are looking at it this much because you haven't gotten to the point where you have to sacrifice a lot and denying. For me, I'm just like, I am so divided. I'm like, this is crazy. I have people from left to right. I have people from this side of family. I have people from that side of family telling me that I'm crazy. Even the people that are so close, they're in the middle of like, I believe Yes, God is doing something, but they're actually mocking you. And you can actually feel it. You can actually discern everything. And you can actually see it. And you're like, this is crazy. You know, this is crazy. I'm like, who is fooling me? I, I see everything. Who is fooling me? There's a gesture of doubt that you can actually, I can even feel it among you guys. And you're like, this is crazy. Like, you sit over there and you're like, I like, I even told God, I was like, I, sometimes I feel like I'm going to die. Like, you think about the answer. And I'm not lying to you guys. I was like, maybe if you died, maybe nobody would worry about it. Because then, then you won't have any opposition, right? But that's not the answer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sometimes you want to eliminate yourself. Because the burden is too much. And I'm like, I feel this way. And I know the pressure that's coming. There's more. And God is trying to tell me, you have to stand this fight. You have to stand on my word. You have to believe everything I told you. You have to wait on me. Everything I said. It's like he's eliminating things, eliminating things. And I can see everything. And I'm just like, this song does not feel good. One of the biggest things that the man was saying last time that <laughs> brought me to realization that I was like, this is the cross. It's actually the cross. And I do know, I do know that God wants me to carry this cross. And it's so hard. He wants me to do. I have never felt so much fear, but I do know there's a lot that's coming. It's just not this house. It's not even a simple thing for everything. It is the sounds of the nations. And I'm just like, I can't do this. And I see it, but I have to go through it. Because I'm always reminded, and God keeps on telling me, you were born for a time as this. It looks so easy, but it's so spiritual because every time I try not to pray, God is like, you have to pray because you are empowered by the way you pray. And when you pray, you are covered. When you pray, you become a warrior. I have seen myself as a warrior and i'm just like what in the world is going on this is not a tv show everything sounds so animated it's like when you don't pray 
That's what I tell you guys. It's like you can't do anything. You have to pray. You have to read the word of God. It's not a fairy tale. And yet, it feels like people take God as something else. And I'm just like, where does Jesus fit in, in everybody's life when they go like, well, I don't believe in God. Do you really believe in God? Because if you really believe in God, you have to carry everything. You are going to feel the weight. I didn't even ask all the time. I was like, when did I become a person? When did I become a person that loved God? And it was so easier when there was no pressure. Because all we did was, I'm going to talk about Jesus and it's going to be fine. But now you're fighting demonic forces. You're feeling people's feelings. You're hearing people talking. You're like, what the heck is going on? You don't want to take it personal because you know these are spirits. You don't want to take it personal. And sometimes the most scary thing is the people that you love the most are the ones who are doing that. You know, the ones that are closer to you are the ones who are doing that. From the outside, I wouldn't care less because I don't have to come back again and do this. I am okay. I've always been okay, but it's just the pressure. I've always been okay being single. I've always been okay not like just following God, but because I am the firstborn and I am this, I have to carry certain things of the world. And also I have to carry the things of the spiritual world. And it's like, what in the world? This is hard. As a young person, when I used to love God, I was like, you? And I remember when God was like telling Peter, do you love me? And those are the things that I hear God telling me, do you love me? And I feel so stuck. God has given me so many. He has given me so many rhema words, but I sit on them because I'm afraid. You sit on something that God has told you. And then you're so scared because you're like, if I don't, I'm being disobedient to God because I'm afraid of people. You know, I'm afraid of people, but I know it's the enemy using those people to get into me every time. And then I remember yesterday when you were talking to me about, you told me that, you know, increase. I mean, persistent increases. You, you increase, it produces prominence and stuff like that. And I think when I see about it, and I, it's not like anything is not gonna grow. Something has to grow. Like, it's gonna grow. And I see it growing. And I'm just like, you know, I think part of me is like, oh yeah, God is gonna do this and God is gonna do that. But at the same time, God is trying to get rid of my perception of what he's going to do but me doing what he wants me to do and move in that position and it's so funny because if i showed you how many jobs i've applied for and how many like people look at them and then of course you can tell and indeed people look at them and they don't do anything to it and then going to the job and then they're not calling me back and i'm like i know it's the hand of god and i'm just like god give me what i'm prepared for and whatever i'm not prepared for close it down you know it is not easy because it takes pride. It's a lot of pride. It's a hard issue. When I think about it, like, what it consists of being the firstborn. I want to be the provider. I want to do everything. And I, when I feel people's hearts, you know, and I'm not trying to point out people's hearts, I feel you guys' hearts sometimes. And I can hear you. And I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, and I'm just like, I want to run away. And I understand it's called weariness. People get weary. We all get weary. Okay, we get weary in doing good, but we have to um, continue 
working and then I think the Holy Spirit was showing me something yesterday it was in Peter because I get mean too I am mean that's what I've learned I am mean I can get evil I was like I can be mean because I get frustrated okay and those are the things that I try and if I do something and I realize it because sometimes people don't realize what they're doing but sometimes I see it and I try to catch it before I, it uh, manifests itself in reality because out of the heart flows issues of life sometimes we do things that are evil this is for you guys you cannot go backwards with God that's why I'm on the warnings like Ravi Sakharaya said it better he said when you know who God is there's no way you can deny him. It's like you can't hide from God. The more you pursue him, you can't stop. You have to keep on going. It doesn't start it doesn't start right. Like it doesn't go right whatever. Unless if your relationship with God was pretentious. But if your relationship with God is wholeheartedly and truthful, you you're gonna find it so hard to stop praying. You're going to find it hard to stop reading the word of God. Everything's gonna be hard. The more you try to be lazy about it. You're going to find yourself wanting more, wanting more and more and more because it's in you that God has put that in you. And it's like, okay, I put you this in you. When are you going to start presenting what I've told you to do? You know? And it's like all the time. And sometimes I get scared. I'm like, I don't want to miss out on what God has called me to, you know? And that's the reason why God announces himself. You know, I was spoken over. I was going to be a, a woman in ministry all my life. But now when the reality is coming to be reality, you're like, oh, this is actually... This is what God made it. Because we don't see, we only see the words. And when the word becomes flesh, we're like, what the heck is going on? You know, am I able to carry this cross? Am I able to bring the truth? You know, and people tell me, oh, you're very emotional. Or oh, you're very frustrated. Yeah, I'm going to have error because I'm using whatever it is. I'm still learning. I'm a baby, but God is telling me, obey me. You know, but anyway, um, where was I? Oh, okay. It's it's called. I think it's First uh, Peter chapter three. It says, "Call to blessings, calling to blessings, call to blessings." Finally, all of you, be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not turning evil for evil or revealing for revealing for revealing. But on the contrary, contrary blessing, know that you were called to this, that you might inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain from, from his tongue. Let him refrain his tongue from evil, and he his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eye of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to the prayers, to their prayers. And but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Can you imagine? Sometimes I was telling um, David when um, David was asking me. I think I gave you Isaiah fifty nine, right? You you were like, I don't know what question you were asking about Isaiah fifty nine, but Isaiah fifty nine talks about how we as people are sinners, and when we sin against God, God 
you know, sometimes when you feel like you're praying and God is not hearing you because you're disobedient. So you have to search your heart. And that's why King David comes out and says, God, search my heart, oh Lord. If I have sinned against you, you know, blot out everything that is in me. You know, make me white as snow and all that stuff. And those are things that we do. And those are the prayers that I've prayed because I'm like, God, I'm, I'm afraid to sin against people. You know, my heart is deceitful. And when my, when my God shows me my heart and I'm like, God, please change my heart. I don't know how to do about this, but this is how I'm feeling. I don't know how to do about this. Why am I acting me? Why am I doing this? And those are the things that I daily ask the Lord. Like, God help me change my heart. And there's a moment where, like, you know, it's not something. It's not tedious. Somebody told me that I was being tedious about something. Like, it's not tedious. It's the Spirit of God that is in us that, that is working. Slow, I mean, continuously trying to purify us. It's not that I'm by the book. No. I can't do certain things. I was even explaining to David about it. There's certain things I can't do. If I want to steal money for something, something because I like to shop, I can't do that. Even if it's $20, $1, $5, whatever it is, I can't do it. It's not in me. If I contend, if I, I have the spirit of God that dwells in me, I have to do what God does. It's like so hard. It's not going to be perfect. Sometimes I might try to get through and then at the end, like, oh, no, stop. So those are the things that I'm telling you guys. The heart, you have to understand. Know yourself. Know your meanness. Know your kindness. Know what what um, your eyes are. And I think I was reading um, Ezekiel chapter 8. And Ezekiel chapter 8, I think verse either between from 7 all the way to 20, it talks about there is a jealous image. Like a jealous image. <laughs> That the Lord talks about um, and I didn't understand why and I was like God if I have jealousy in me yeah Ezekiel chapter 8 verse um, actually verse 3 and says he stretched out from the form of a hands and took me by a, by a lock of my hair and the scripture lifted me between the earth and heaven and brought me in the vision of God to Jerusalem to the door of the north gates of the inner courts where the seat of the image of jealousy was which provokes to jealousy can you imagine it provokes to jealousy so basically is this chapter you know what the chapter 8 is right where the Israelites were sitting and uh, the priests and stuff they were secretly actually worshiping other gods and doing all that stuff and whatnot so basically God says that I see all secret things I see everything so if you think that you can get over with God with anything, whether it's in your heart, you know, because other heart voice issues of life, that's the reason why my cry is always, God, create in me a clean heart. Even when people oppose me, create in me a clean heart because my heart stinks sometimes. Because sometimes I get bitter and I'm just like, I can't forgive people. But God is like, if you want to be like me, you have to forgive them. If you want me to use you, you have to forgive them. Every time it is hard because you're like people are mean, and I'm mean because I'm not trying to be like God, and I'm mean because I'm trying to get revenge back. When God says vengeance is mine, I'm mean because I I can't respond in love sometimes, and it's hard because I'm like you hurt me and it hurts. It's really hard, and every day you have to pray. The more you pray. The more you surrender, because God softens your heart and the Spirit of God works. Just like Stephen, when we look at Stephen, because Stephen was always full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Are we full of the Holy Spirit all the time? Or do we walk around like that? 
And that's the thing that I want to tell you guys. You have to be honest with yourself. It's not easy. It is not easy being bruised all the time. It's not easy being talked about. It's not easy being shunned about. It's not easy. And it's not easy sometimes. It's just like, oh my gosh, this is what's going on. And we do it to each other all the time. We do it to each other all the time. And I'm just like, God, create in me. Why can't I stop? Why can't I stop doing what I'm doing? Those are the things that I cry about. Those are the things that I tell God. And that's the reason why I can't look at somebody and say somebody, oh, whatever they mean to me, I can't go like, oh, yeah, you know, well, you will this. No, because I don't know. I'm also wicked. And that's just why it's so easy for me to go like, but I have done it to somebody else too. You know, as Jesus is to me, so I should be with other people, remember? So anyway, that's it. That's what I wanted to say. I don't know why that was. Sorry, I took off. Now we can uh, start your sermon. That makes sense. I think um, ultimately, as you're pointing out, like that's that's what your heart um, is healing. That's the weight that has been placed on you, and that's the weight that you've realized. So, <clears throat> you know, I hate to think that, you know, I or even yeah, I have contributed to that weight, and you know, I'm I'm I know that I have. Um, I may not know the exact. Um, no, I think everybody does it to each other. That's what I'm telling you. We do it to each other, whether it is or whatever it is. You know, the only difference is that I can feel everything. Does that make sense? Like, I can feel everybody's emotions. So then you cringe. It's kind of like an attack, like a personal attack, because the enemy knows what you know. So the enemy will use those as a place to stinkle you and just put you down. And that's basically what happens. So, and if you allow him, it's going to work that way. But if you know the Spirit of God lives in you, you're always going to surrender. Like, in spite of everything, you're going to surrender and go like, okay, this has happened, so what am I going to do? You know, God, I hear this, and I know this, I feel this, I don't feel the love, the genuineness of people. What do I do? What is the guy saying? He said, as Jesus is to you, or as Jesus was to you, be also to others. That's, that was the same thing. So you just have to wear Jesus all the time. It's hard, but we have to wear Jesus. We are going to sin against each other. Like it's every day you carry the cross. Deny yourself and carry the cross. It's like every day you have to forgive somebody. No matter what pressure it is. Like somebody always ticks somebody off all constantly. Yeah, I'm thinking of also what's his name? Well, Jesus in particular, how before he proclaimed that he was the living water. What's funny, Sam? Before he was proclaimed uh, to be the living water, um, it was that festival that his brothers were inciting him. Like, if you want to be a prominent figure, you have to do your miracles prominently. You have to do. You have to present yourself to the to everyone. So go up to this festival, and Jesus is like, "It's not my time to go up to this festival, um, but you guys go." So he's basically his. Um, even his own family, as you're saying, like, didn't even believe in his ministry. They didn't believe that he was authentic and genuine. So, um, 
that weight that he felt definitely could have stopped him from moving in the direction that God really wanted him to move into. Uh, and then later on he went to that same festival and that's when he finally proclaimed, like, I am the living water. Whoever wants, uh, whoever comes to me will never thirst again, which is actually kind of cool because in Isaiah 55, that's what it says, come, buy food, and then drink from, uh, you know, the waters of God in particular. So it's like, ultimately, you're right, we find our satisfaction and we find our, um, our peace in, in Jesus, and that's it, because, yeah, um, there's a lot of things in my life where I've been like, the pressure has been huge, and so the only thing that, you know, you have in common is you've gone to God and said, God, this is what you put on my heart. This is the only thing that is satisfying me right now. Everyone else seems to be against me. Um, but, yeah. That's good. Mm. Yeah, pressure is gonna just always be really increases. Like, and sometimes you want, like, we always want to tell God, like, I some, I'm really good at that. I'm like, dude, if you only can do this, if you can release at least something, so I can keep people quiet. But at the end of the day, God is saying people are gonna talk regardless. Just accept the fact that people are people, and I mean, that's huge. So and yeah. And it's, I think that that's one of my hardest things. And it's like slowly every time I have to be in that position. I mean, sometimes I don't like it because I'm like, I don't want to look like I'm lazy. So therefore, it's also about prop up, you know. So we hide under something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then as I was doing my laundry, God was like, fit curse the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything shall be added unto you. He is God and he's not a man that should lie. If he commands us to seek him first in his righteousness and everything shall be added unto us why is it so hard for us to believe him in that part it's the hardest thing ever mm. you know it's the hardest thing to be honest anyone else the weeks have been i mean my problem with that verse really stems from seek first the kingdom of God. I'm more of a directional person. I like when I I prefer if someone were to tell me how to seek first the kingdom of God and and, stuff like that. So that's my problem with the verse at least. Seeking God is just loving him. You know, I think me and Philip define the word ministering because was it you and I? We were talking about ministering to God. Was it Richard? What was was the definition? Actually, that was me. Oh, it was <laughs> so loving God is ministering to Him because I've always wondered, like when people, when um, when um, what is it, um, uh, Samuel, you know, the boy in the ephod, he was ministering to the Lord and stuff like that. So I was, I'm wondering, like, what does the word ministering to the Lord means, you know? And I kept on wondering what that was, and then um, and it bothered me a lot because I was like, what do I do? Like, what is ministering to the Lord? Like, what do you do when you minister to the Lord? So, um, you, you know, it bothered me a lot for quite a while. And I was like, God, what are you trying to say? Because I come here ministering to the Lord, ministering to the Lord, ministering, whether it's people putting sermons or whatever is reading. And then when I was reading Isaiah, that word popped up to me a lot. So what the Holy Spirit was telling me, ministering to the Lord means um, ministering to God when you worship God, 
when you read the word of God, when you pray to God, you are ministering to him. To, you're throwing out incense, just like the aroma, like the way the Jewish people were doing that. You are putting an offering, you're sacrificing, you're sacrificing yourself every time, and you're, you know, raising up God. Like the way they would do the, the, the tabernacle, whatever, and all that stuff. That's basically what it is. So the, the, the time that you spend with the Lord, you minister to his heart. You're speaking to God. And God is with you in that moment. And he's coming to you. And listen to that aroma. However, it's like incense. Because the word of God, the prayer is like incense to him. Worship is like incense. So he's smelling that, the sweetness of you worshiping him. And he's enjoying that. That's how you minister to God. And that's what it means to seek him and the knowledge. And um, if you look at, um, so my sermon is going to be on chapter 6. And I've been meditating on that. So if you look at, you look at um, Stephen, that's my guy, like, you know, I've told you guys a thousand times. I was looking at his verse, it just simply clarifies him and it says, he was a man full of the spirit and wisdom, okay? Full of the spirit, when you're full of the spirit, there's one part that the Holy Spirit highlights me, hold on. Who's that? Mm-hmm. But it's in Acts. Now you gotta hear this. You are going to be like sometimes you have to read the Bible so many times to get some some answers. You're like, oh really? Okay, um so 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 okay, so it says uh therefore seek among you servants of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom may be appointed for this business. So when he says like you know, a good reputation for the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Okay, so, and then it says, uh, the home, uh, uh, sorry, it says, and that's this verse 5, saying that they pleased with all attitude, and they chose Stephen, Stephen, who was highlighted, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, he was full of faith. So, and then it says, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. what was that? Stephen was full of faith and, and power, did great wonders and signs among the people because of his faith, right? Mm-hmm. And then this is, they were not able to resist wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. And then secret, well, of course, they were not able to resist him, right? Mm-hmm. So this, the profound thing of here is that, like, when you are ministering to the Lord, he pulls out his heart to you. That's what he does. He continuously pours out his heart to you. So you're supernaturally increasing in the realm of the spirit and you're supernaturally um, moving to his heart because you are closer to his heart and you are pouring out his aroma and everything else. So, and that's basically what it is to seek the kingdom of God. Like with all your heart, like with passion. The Bible says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. That's what it means. That's what God wants you to do. It has nothing to do because a lot of people get it mistaken because when you love God you will love the things of him and then you will go out into the world and do the things that God loves that's basically what it is so because you love him you're gonna do you're gonna naturally do what God wants you to do because you love him that's how you show him you love God like you know we know in um, you know the book of you know John uh, chapter 4 it tells you to love God is to obey, obey his commandments 
So how do you fall in love with God? You seek his kingdom, you minister to God, you learn about what God is and all that stuff. So that's basically what you're doing. You're ministering to the Lord. So for me, when I learn that I'm ministering to the Lord, I take it as, uh, uh, what should we call this? As a mandate, not even as a mandate, as something that I know that my God is, needs to be worshipped. So I go with that perception that I am going to minister to the Lord. So I go in his throne room, wherever my throne room is, you know, I'm everywhere, I'm always everywhere I am. So God is, uh, like I just, you know, go. So basically when I sit with the Lord, I go like, okay, God, this is you and I'm here to minister to you. So I make it known and my intention, my mind, not all the time it works though, because sometimes I'm, my mind is everywhere because we're all sinners, right? So, you know, when I remember that I'm ministering to the world, to the Lord, then my intention rises, and there's that, there's that um, atmosphere that changes. It's like you're locked in His presence, and you can feel Him in that moment. So when you invite those, that's when you invite God in, because you're like, I'm here to minister to you, just like um, um, what David was always praying his saints. So you come with the in, in the presence of the Lord and go like, I'm ministering to you, because your mind changes when you say, I am ministering to the Lord. So therefore you talking to God. It's like you're teaching God his word. Uh, no. <laughs> you're praying to God and you're talking to him. You're talking to him. You're ministering to him. Just like he ministers to you, through the Holy Spirit, you're ministering back to him. Yeah, I like what she said. She said, the more time you spend with God, <clears throat> the more he reveals his heart to you. So, mm -hmm. as long as you maintain the discipline that God has told you, right? So you pray regularly and you read his word um, every day you will get to that point where you begin to understand who God is. Mm -hmm. You begin to understand um, His ways and His thoughts, and then you begin to uh, walk in those ways and those thoughts. You begin to share more intimate details about who, um, who He is, because it, it says, uh, Jesus says, like, I no longer call you servants, I now call you friends. Mm -hmm. Because friends get to know the intimate details mm -hmm. of the person that they're around, but a servant only gets to hear commands, and that's it, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to go past just commands, you want to go to friendship with God, and that just, it's intimacy, that's spending time with him, so. Mm -hmm. It's a relationship, and it's very dynamic, because I do dumb stuff sometimes, I'm like, dude, I am so mad at you, like, I don't want to be, and he tells me, well, you gotta sit next to me, oh, he tells me, dance with me, sing with me. And sometimes he gives me songs to sing to him, and I'm just like, what the heck is going on? So, and those are the things. Sad. Did you oh. leave the thing on the door? Are you okay? I'm good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and those are the things that we do. So when you guys go to the Lord, minister to him. Go with intention. Don't just go in the throne and be like, I'm just going to pray. No, minister to the Lord. You know, minister to the Lord and uh, talk to him. You know, you are ministering to the Lord. That's what he was. So Samuel was busy walking around in a little ephod, preaching to the Lord and praying. <laughs> so that's what it meant by that. I was like, that is very profound. And I found that from the Jewish thing. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is this? So, so that part, it takes out the pressure of you trying to be very ritualistic. Does that make sense? But it gives you the intentions. Like, I'm going to throw the of God. And I'm going to pray to, you know, the king of glory, the king of kings. And I'm going to sit with him and I'm going to talk to him because I love him. So right now what we're doing is also ministering to the Lord because he's hearing our conversations. So, yeah. 
God loves it. That's the reason why I get mad at you guys a lot because I'm like, you guys don't take him seriously because you are actually ministering to the Lord. And I think that's my thing, but I have to understand that I cannot force people to be in the same mindset. But even though Peter tells us that we are supposed to be one in one accord in one mind. So those are the things that we spring for, you know. Because if you look at the people from the, um, when we're reading Acts right now, if we read chapter 1 and 2, if you guys remember, it was basically talking about how everybody was in one accord. They were in the same mindset. They were in the same spirit. They were flowing in the same spirit. I feel like in this household, we don't flow in the same spirit. It's like one person has to carry the cross, and then sometimes I'm like, Lord, why do I have to carry this? Like, why do I have to carry people's burdens? Sometimes I don't want to carry your burdens. Like, I can't do anything about it because some of the stuff is assigned to me anyway. It's like, naturally, God reveals so many things. I'm like, I don't want to hear this. Like, should I just watch? <laughs> and that's the part where you go like, check your heart. Do I watch? Do I talk? Do I be quiet? I'm like, but I do know people's characters in this house. This is how this person's going to receive this. And how they're going to take it. So, at the end of the day, I just pray about it. I pray for you all. Just pray all the time. Just pray, pray, pray. That's it. Okay, that's it. I'm done. All right. So let's see. So we're going to jump into Acts. I think you should pray before we start. Oh, yeah. Here. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's your sermon. So are you recording? Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today, Lord. <clears throat> thank you for this moment, Lord. For our hearts are being opened, Lord, and especially Amber's heart, and uh, sharing what she's going through in this season of her life, Lord. We pray, Lord Jesus, just asking you to continue to give her the strength and the boldness, Lord, <coughs> to uh, trust you and to move in the direction that you would have her move, Lord. Uh, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you also continue to surround her with people who will encourage her, Father, and who will uh, lead her. In, in the direction that she should go, Lord. Um, we pray, Holy Spirit, thanking you for the work that you're doing in each and every one of our lives as you're drawing us even closer to you um, and you're molding us into who you want us to be. Uh, we pray, Jesus, that you continue to strengthen us and you continue uh, to lead us uh, to those things, Father, so that in the moment, that in the time period that they're supposed to happen in our lives, that we're ready for them. And that um, no harm or no damage comes to those things that you want to entrust us with, Lord. We thank you for this word that's going to be spoken and discussed and preached, Father. Um, and we just pray, Jesus, that your spirit be the leader in this moment. And your spirit uh, awaken our hearts, Lord, to what your word is trying to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we are in Acts chapter 3. Your phone's right there. Your phone's right there. Your phone is right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are going to go to verse 
One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those from those who from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of, Na of Nazareth, walk. Talk, uh, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. What do you guys see in this first section? Actually, let me tailor it more so. Are there moments in your life where you feel that what you have to offer people is more is less than what they're expecting and so you refuse to give it to them? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like you know the person is asking you for a specific thing and you know that what you you know what you have to offer them, so you're like, No, I don't want to give it to them simply because it's not what they're asking. Uh, for me, I think my issue would be character of the person. Uh, for me, I feel like, um, and that this is, it goes back to the stuff where we're talking about like God sees your heart because you're like it's all about like you want to like you want to give the person what they they need, but yet you know what the response is and you know that they need it, but you don't want to cause anything, so you tend to just like I'm not gonna just do it, so you tend to just abort the mission and just watch. So that's my issue. I think that's one of my issues. It's like, um, because of, like, because of our heart, like, you can know how a person responds in their character. So you ask yourself, do I go through and bring the chaos, but you know that it's, that chaos is going to produce something beautiful at the end. But then you go like, well, mm. so I think that's my issue. Yeah, I think, um, I think for me it's, <coughs> so my friends, they love to hang out. <laughs> they, they definitely do. And sometimes I know that you know, financially it is not as feasible because people love going to restaurants and they love eating and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. I'm always like, okay, the next time I get funds, I'm going to plan around them and we're going to go do this thing and that's like the best thing that I can like, uh, I can offer per se to you know, can, you know uh, not necessarily appease them, but to have them enjoy their company the way that they enjoy spending time. So it's like I want to conform my the way I would spend time, which is you know I'm okay with just literally coming home. You know, we can watch something, uh, play video games, or whatever, go you know out on a walk, like doing something free. 
but it's like you know that in my mind I'm like this is not going to be satisfying to them so I just don't offer it you know what I mean okay so about that situation the way I would look at it um, this is your solution I'm giving you a solution so sometimes we tend to be more like people who uh, don't want to do something because of limitations like of situations so like you said the reason why you don't do certain things so you have to be careful with that don't do something because of the limitation but do something because you love to do something but you can work it in the way you need to work it and it's possible just like you said you plan it but it's okay for you to be around your friends and it, that's why it's called friendship you also have to be learning into other people's worlds and then you you go in their world however they go in their world but of course you have to plan it because your world is different so therefore your world says that you have to plan certain things for you to enjoy it. so you go in the world and then for vice versa you tell them to turn it into your world because mm. you tell them this is how my world looks like and that's the way it is so um don't let fear stop you from being who you are and don't let um like one of the issues that i um one of one of the things that i always discerned about you is that sometimes you over plan things and when you over plan you end up with excess like i'll give you an example remember last time we had that hurricane and then i told you well like you need to plan it this way it's like sometimes you override everything and i just watch you so those are little 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 um, boxes that you have and then the other time you went to buy mayonnaise you just bought one mayonnaise but you bought two mayonnaise and i was like it's not buying game free you just bought it just because you know you felt like oh we might need an extra mayonnaise so those things so you plan in the present moment don't over exaggerate because the bible says do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself so you plan accordingly but do not use fear have boundaries with that and have you know intellectual with that because if you're using fear you're not going to enjoy anything you always overthink and overplan, and that's the same thing that I was telling you last time. Like when you were looking at the bills, I was explaining to you. I was like, look at it this way. Don't be that one person that you you have to be the head of the household, and that's the reason why I gave you that. Like I had to step away because I knew God was teaching me how to also learn that I'm not gonna run everything in my household when I get married. So I had to learn how to trust you and take off those belts. Because remember the beginning, I was just tedious about it. So, and those are the things that I had to learn, but I caught on quick. So those are the things that you have to catch on to. And you also have to be lenient. Remember how, like, I asked you something and you couldn't go in the loophole? I think I explained to you the situation. So you couldn't go to a loophole, but you also have to enjoy things, but use wisdom with it. Like, exercise wisdom. Exercise discernment. Exercise, you know, what God has given you in it. Don't be tedious about it. It's okay to think, but you also have to live life. Yeah, definitely. Um, two mayonnaise. Two, huh? yeah, two, two mayonnaise. <clears throat> I wanted to buy like on the downside. I wanted to buy a big one, but I'm like, I saw the price. I'm like, okay. Um, so you calculated that. Yeah, it was, like good. <laughs> I, I looked. I, I, I tried to make sure. I was actually again looking for the big one, but that one wasn't. Yeah. You couldn't find it. It wasn't. It wasn't gonna be enough. I guess if that makes sense. But well, isn't it enough for what? We don't use mayonnaise for a long time. So think about it. You have to, this is what I'm telling you. Like when you run a household, you have to think, for me, I'm a, I think like women were created to think dimensional. Like we can go, like give me a piece of bread and I can turn it into some spaghetti or something. I don't know. It would change into a spaghetti. So we think about how things run. And that's just why I want you guys. I think I was telling 
David about it. I was like, I want you guys to get acquainted to this house a lot. You know, it's everybody. When you are a woman, you have to know the rhythm of the house, how it works, and how everything moves. Because a lot of times, when you guys think, you think about just, I'm gonna service out some money. That's basically what men think. <laughs> I'm gonna service out money. But you have also have to be practical. Another thing I was telling David, but David was telling me, oh, this is how I work. I work with rules. So you learn each and every person. And I was telling David, I'm like, but when Philip came in this house, he used to clean, he used to have so much passion. So then I had to ask you a question. Why did you stop the things that you were doing? And then he told me, it's because there's a lot of people in here. But don't stop your passion just because of other people's thing. You oh, do your part. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, I'm... I mean, you I'm did clean. it, you did it out of because you wanted to do it, in a sense. Like, you, did you enjoy doing it? I don't, I personally do well, not. Like... Was it out of obligation? What was it? Because, I mean, I saw passion. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something to do, honestly. Back then, because um, I didn't have a job, so it's like, okay, I need to busy myself. Oh, to busy yourself. Yeah. I mean, um, even before that, when you had a oh, job, you still cleaned. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You still yeah. took part of ownership. You took part of this house as this house was your own. And that's yeah. something that you guys lack, all of you guys. And I'm just like, sometimes I get mad. I'm like, okay, I understand that you guys work, but at the same time, you have to learn how to balance. Yeah. Life sometimes is life, work, and home that's basically what it is but some of you guys separate all those things like well i went to work and i'm tired or i did this and that and i'm just like okay you have to learn how to balance things there are moments like for me when i worked i made sure everything was perfect i'm a, i'm like you know you pointed out that i'm you know i, I hate things that are different <laughs> you have to point something at me i'm like that is not true so and then it's like i have my own rhythm and when somebody moves it and i'm just like i am going to punch you for all the things that you've done that's just the way it is so in that, and I'm learning how to be um, around people and understand that you know people have different rhythms. Just like David told me, and I asked, I'm like, that bathroom, nobody took out the rags and washed them. You know, I was looking at the rags. I don't normally use that bathroom. I, mean, I told you guys, do not use that bathroom. But nobody ever listens to me. Oh, and wow. that bathroom is so dirty right now. There's poop on the toilet seats and everything else. Mm. Nobody listens to me. And I tell you guys, go use your own bathroom. That's a guest bathroom. That's why it's for there so that when the guests come, they can find a bathroom that's clean. But nobody ever listens to me. And yet nobody ever wants to clean it. And every time I have to remind you guys, go clean the bathroom. Go do this. Go do that. You know, and those are things. And the reason why I don't want to touch the bathroom because I know I don't use that bathroom like that. And then when I use it and I find it like if I want to use it and have an emergency and I have to go that way, I always take a rag and clean it up before I use it because I'm not going to use a bathroom that's dirty and I'm not going to sit on there. So those are the things that I do to keep that bathroom clean. But for some reason, nobody has taken the rags out. Nobody has, it's like every time you have to tell. Like I get, I'm like, we are adults in here. All of you guys are adults. Minus you, Seth. We are adults in here. We have to work together. Like you don't need somebody to tell you. If you see something hasn't been done, do it. Like even the, the things, the rags over there, if I didn't wash those things for the floor, I had to wash them because they, you know, I just thought, even the person that was responsible for it was you. You never took up to that. You never obligated. It's like everything has to be done. It's like you guys don't see that. And those are the things that, like, the cutworms of character. They're not even things. Little things show your character. Not big things, just little tiny things will sell you up. And those are the things that you have to understand. You have to learn who you are like what ticks you off i know what ticks me off so therefore i try to adjust on the things based on you guys i study you guys and i know david straight up tells me me i like rules so i was like okay so do you think i should just put a calendar and things and somebody will think that that's tedious because they're like oh why are you always making up all this stuff why are you always making up because some people don't operate that 
but whatever it is you know and that's the thing because at the end of the day all of us are not going to stay in one place maybe somebody has to stay in here but if you don't know how to clean the house this house is going to look like everybody else's house okay and for me that's in righteousness real poverty yeah i've also realized uh, to be honest with you um don't take this wrong but no it's wrong um Whenever you mention that, okay, we need to buy this thing, right? Um, as a person that is looking at the funds and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I do get overwhelmed because it's like, there's a lot of things that we do need to get, mm-hmm. but we need, I don't know if there's a priority of what to get first. Mm-hmm. So whenever I see, okay, we need to get this or we need to get that, I'm always like, okay, I have to figure out where is this funding going to come from for this thing. Mm-hmm. But then something else gets superseded and says okay we need this right now it's like mm-hmm. okay do we get this right thing now mm-hmm. and then it will overshadow on the other things that you know needed mm-hmm. or like what so for me like like with david i like i like lists but i also prefer like priorities it's like mm-hmm. what needs to happen right now mm-hmm. so that we can get that thing right now for example this is a trivial example, but how soon would you like the mats <laughs> on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Are those going to be more priority than, say... How soon that, like, defense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly, right? So, and that's the thing. You're right about that, but you understand, a woman always sees everything wrong with anything. Trust me. I like, agree. we always do that. And you, a woman is always, always going to talk because they always need something in the kitchen. Point blank, period. That too, right? It's always going to be like that, whether you like it or not. That's what I've learned about being a woman. Like, I'm always needing something. But at the same time, you have to understand, like, don't go overcrowded in your head and go crazy about it. Sometimes we just talk about something. Oh, this is what's needed. And that's fine. You're going to find your wife is going to be talking about what they need. And then don't get overwhelmed. But just like the way you talk to me. And I've always known you always told me that. I understand that. So I've always relaxed. I've always made my voice known, but I'm relaxed about it. It's not a priority, right? You understand what I'm saying? I've always made my voice known, so people are gonna make like your wife is gonna give me. Well, I don't know what kind of person personality she has, but women make their voice known and stuff like that. That's why I always tell you, and it's good that you have the answer, but do not be anxious. Yeah. That you have the answer. I like your answer. The answer says, "Oh, but you know, I go and I think about how much priority." And it's good. Just come back to the person and be like, "Okay, what is your priority thing?" I'm gonna always gonna add stuff to your list. Like, trust me, I'm gonna always go like, "I need this. I need." Do I really need it? No. <laughs> it's just part of life. You just there's certain things that we don't need. We talk about them. Like the table. I'm not like looking. I know a common common sense person. I know that we don't have money, so um. That's why I always go. Why do I always tell you at the end? Whenever we have money, can we get this? If it's really da 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 da, because I know it's not like I'm not a brat, <laughs> yeah. so I'm not gonna do that. But I understand. Write these things down, though. Is the thing. Mm. That's why I tell Philip to do it, because he's the one. Okay, a man runs the finance, finances, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I give it to you. So you, it's your job to just put it on there. I, I mean, I like put it on the side. That's why I tell you about it. Like it's your job to do that. Like women will tell who makes the money, who's the provider, the man, who runs everything financially, the man. Everything goes around. Like the man plans it. Of course, we're gonna talk about it. And then on your part, it's just you as a head of the house. Okay, we have this money. 
what are we gonna do with it? Like, we, okay, now this month we have extra money. So what are we gonna do? You said you wanted so and so and so and so. On the, that's why I told you on the on the times that we have extra money, you do that. Mm-hmm. I've always told you that. Remember, on the times that we have extra money, we're like okay, this time extra money is coming. What did you want on this list? What do you think is really important? Then we buy, just like we bought the kittens. Yeah, because I think. Yeah. Okay. Then now. <laughs> Don't. I think you guys over um, overburden yourselves. Like you, it gets more less. Uh, it becomes more technical and work. Yeah, because ultimately, yeah, that's just how we think. Because it's it's more like you, you can rat off these things that we need, but then I like things to be written down. Because then what happens? You tell us, uh, we forget, and then you come back and you say we need this, but then we're like, oh snap, okay, so yeah, we didn't. Uh we can record it somewhere so it's not about recording sometimes it's also under i think my discernment that i'm getting is um um the thing that i'm getting that the whole spirit is revealing is relevancy to you guys when somebody's talking how relevant how relevant is this thing to her so that's a, a red flag for you guys when a woman talks they will sing about something and that's because there's some people who don't like that's what I'm saying. It's you as an ownership person who brings the money to the table. Say, for instance, if you're the person who was married to your wife and you made all the money and your wife says, I need this, I need that, I need that. So you might be like in your head, oh, she needs this, but she doesn't make noise about it so much. So then I'm just going to throw it away. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So it becomes irrelevant to you unless if she sings about it so many times. Mm-hmm. So you guys have to, this is a key word that I'm giving you guys a free advice. When a woman sings about something, yeah, you just take notes. Be a person who is very catchy. You catch it, you write it down, you know, because you're the one running that. My wife said she needs that. And that would be really sweet for you to be like one day, like, oh, babe, I'm going to give you this much money. Go buy whatever you wanted. Last time you were making noise about it. (laughs) So that is something gesture that you guys have to do in the thing. Mm -hmm. For both people. That's a secret ingredient that I'm giving you right now. You understand that? Mm -hmm. That's a winner on that part it's also about irrelevance that's what the host was telling me like irrelevanceness how irrelevant is that that too to that person in the household so yeah no it makes sense because i think um, for me i'm fine because you know uh, we don't have money so i understand that (laughs) but that's just a catchy for you guys and i know that's why i always go like on little things i always go like oh this month we're gonna have extra money you know and i'm just like oh since we're gonna have extra money do you think we can buy this at the end of the day, remember I told you, if we really don't need you, you have to step up your man pants and say no, because we need to save up for this. And I told you that a thousand times. Like, you don't have to accept anything that I say. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying because I, you know, I'm trying to beautify the house. That's it. If it's not necessary, if we can get away with something, let's get away with it. And then when on moments where, like, you feel like being generous. I think about that it's you guys' money. I've already told you that. But in a sense of marriage, just take that as a caveat. Right now we can get away with stuff. We can get away with stuff. That's why I took out those other mats. They may look ugly, but that's fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Those are the things that you must understand. It's like the heart of the heart. You know, like I told you guys, we can get away with that thing. Whenever we get money, because remember that's what we were trying to over budget and just buy buy. And I told you that's like one at a time. Mm-hmm. So when we get money, you can buy that little rod. Little things that you know that they're acceptable. Mm-hmm. When you get money, buy that table. Little things that you can get. Like the things that are like little things that are fixable, and that's what you do. 
it's not necessarily i say things just because i like stuff if i have money it's i'll buy all the stuff i might sell i'm a woman i'm gonna need all the tools in the world <laughs> yeah that's the story like you're gonna need all the tools in the world like what are you doing so yeah that's it so um is there anything else that we see in this uh first section that you can see for me i can think backwards too sometimes we always expect to receive <laughs> mm. so we, we can be on the other side the receiving side i also think that you know sometimes we always think that when we used to um how would i call the man like he's waiting for something and he's you know he's always used to, he's always used to something and then you always and then suddenly like somebody tells you that you're like oh my gosh so i think i think i think in that part it's also um you know like reciprocated how your heart can feel in a sense like um expectations yeah expectations like uh like my issue is now i'm always used to having everything that I like. mm. so my expectations like i don't have anything so what do i do with myself yeah. so in that kind of thing so it, it shifts on that part yeah mm-hmm. and like not being so prideful that what somebody gives you yeah yeah we're so mean in that part um and i think that's the part that's a hard issue yeah we're so mean especially for me for my birthdays like i guess i, I get mean because i get kind of selfish because i'm like i think this is why i always ponder upon him like well maybe when i get married my husband can do better i was like wait what, what, what if god you know <laughs> tells your husband like, no this person is crazy yeah. <laughs> about it like i always try to push it like well if my family doesn't love me this way then maybe my husband can love me this way mm-hmm. but at the end of the day i'm just like no you know you have to be content in everything and stuff like that that's like, huge right there because okay there's certain levels of expectation that you know you should have like you should ex- right you should expect to hang out with your spouse mm-hmm. at a certain time excuse me you should expect um the natural things yeah but when <laughs> when you don't have those or let's say those natural expectations you have like these grandiose expectations right like those people who they <laughs> I bet you guys have done this you have a list of exactly what you want at your wedding right? you have it detailed you're like there's going to be doves everywhere there's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a sunny day and it's beautiful and then when you actually have your wedding day you hear these stories where it's like it rained blew away and we had to catch everything um you know the cake was late and it fell you know like all of these accidents and a lot of people will allow those to ruin Mm -hmm. their birthdays they will allow those to destroy um the moment in the day and Mm -hmm. it's like (laughs) so i think we do that a lot to ourselves because we want more but when we understand i think that's one of my biggest things that's why when it comes to celebrating my birthday, I've learned like the little things that people do. Like my heart is catched on when people actually do service. Like whenever you bought me the, um, I didn't want to. It's oh. so funny. Like we always say we don't want this. No, no, no. And then when the moment comes, you're like, oh, this is actually warm. You know, it's actually heartfelt. And to me, that made a turnaround. Like it shifted my view because I was having like a battle in my mind. You know, not because of, I wasn't focused on my birthday, actually. Like, I didn't know that was my birthday. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, no. 
you know, until people wished me, and I was like, what the heck is this? So in that moment, it was just like a shift, turn around, and it's just like, people are showing me love, why am I being so mean about it? You know what I'm saying? They're doing their best, this is what they have, and they're giving me that quality time, why am I being so mean? So that to me, always shifts it to my heart, and I'm like, you know, it's not their fault that I'm having a bad day. <laughs> It's not somebody's fault that you're having a bad day. Just change your mind. Get out of your, you, you know, your pity self. And mm. that's how I was able to break. And that's how I was able to smile. Because I was like, ugh. And yeah. then I thought about it. Because God is very vulnerable. And then I think Ms. Shaniga did talk about um, that sometimes we give people gifts and they don't appreciate them. Yeah. You know, like that. And it's, it's the hardest thing that we always do. is because God sees what the other person needs. But God also sees your heart how you received it. Yeah. So now see me coming on you. So, and that's the, like, for me, I'm like, I don't want to be tempted, you know? I was like, God, but this is really so hard. I'm having such a bad day. So, it's like, it's not somebody's fault that you, it's your response, how you respond to that situation. That's what it is. Exactly. It's a war of the mind. Pity me. <laughs> yes. All right, we can go to the next section. We're going to continue verse. Um, so, it's 11 to... Um, while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Follow the Israelites, why does this, oh, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had men made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, through, though he had decided to let him go. Um, to you disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. You are witness of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know uh, and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that he completely he that has completely healed him, as you can see. Oh sorry, I only oh I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets saying that this that this that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That that times that times of refreshing may concern may may come from the Lord. And that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. So Moses said, The Lord your God will rise up for your for 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 you, a prophet like me from among your own people, you must listen to everything he tells you. 
Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all of the prophets who have spoken who have spoken have foretold these days, and you have you are heirs heirs mm-hmm. heirs of the prophets and and of the covenant God made for your fathers. He said to Abraham, Though your through your offspring all these people all people on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his his servant, he sent he sent him first to bless to you to bless you by turning each other away turning each other each <laughs> of the you from your wicked ways. Yeah, I think this section uh, is beautiful because it harkens to uh, what Peter said, in the name of Jesus, walk, right? And I see that as like a template for how we as Christians are to walk in the authority that Jesus has given to us. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is <clears throat> something that took issue with the sermon um, this past week was, or I guess it was Thursday, yeah. Uh, when they're talking about Acts and the Holy Spirit, and they're uh, pointing out the ambiguity in how the Holy Spirit spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're saying, like, you know, it doesn't say how the Holy Spirit spoke, so let's be okay with that. And I felt like that was like a cop out, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it tries to still limit the Holy Spirit as he cannot speak to us in a still audible voice or in a loud voice in whatever voice. Mm-hmm. And I was remembering listening to uh, Exodus actually and how the Israelites, they heard the voice of God and they were afraid. And they're mm-hmm. like, Moses, let us not hear the voice of God because we will die. They literally said that, we will die. So I, I laugh at that because in this moment, we understand that the Holy Spirit is working in Peter and John's life and gave them that boldness and mm-hmm. that uh, strength to say, in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. walk. And that's the power that they, they felt. And then also in verse uh, 16, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know mm-hmm. was made strong. It is Jesus' name um, and the faith that uh, comes from, uh, that comes through him that he has completely healed him, as you can see. So I love that stressing of speaking, speech, mm-hmm. and how important it is that God is talking to you, and how he talks to you is different, not bound by anything, but it's also a, a sign of the authority that you have as a Christian um, to use Jesus' name to, to change things that are happening in our world. So. Well, going back on Dale's part, it's also you like um, when it comes to following God. I think we, as believers, we tell 
as disciples of God, we help each other get to the truth of God. But mainly, once you get on your feet, you still have to search that truth by yourself. Yeah. And that's the reason why um, a lot of us get offended. That's why you have religious spirits because um, everybody has an error. That's why I talk about error a lot. Yeah. Because I know that I'm, I'm faulted and I know that I'm tainted no matter how many times I do. Because every time I have to you know, deny my flesh and every time I have to... You know, go the goal. I have to really understand who I am in Christ, even when I mess up. I have to recap, recap my authority. Like I have to pull my authority and say, "No, devil, this is who I am." Even though I have messed up, this is who I am. This is what God has called me to do. Because if we don't renew our mind constantly, and if we don't, uh, we always going to be self sabotage and we'll never grow. And that's the thing. So even in the situation, that's what I was telling you. Like in this process. Whenever I was talking about complaining about, you know, when Pastor Joby was talking about the, the, the how to speak in tongues, and I was like, well, what what happens to a person who is very, you know, seriously, I'm different when it comes to speaking tongues. Mm -hmm. You know, I am yet to find people who, you know, overreact or however you want to do like mm -hmm. craziness in a sense mm -hmm. because the flow of the spirit, you know, moves. You know, I'm it, I'm not yet to see that before. So I'm like, okay, but I do know that people have different um, manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then if you don't know who you are, you know, somebody might call that a demon or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So however it is, it's kind of like, yes, the people will lead us to uh, understand how God is, but it's up to each and every person to really grasp and really live out the truth of God to the best of their ability. Because that person that's their revelation and sometimes it's also culture and sometimes it's also things that they go through in the environment and picking out anything but at the end of the day you know what god is calling us is uh man should not live by bread of bread alone but by the word of god and that's what he's trying to tell us like my word is true my word is pure my word is clean my word is not tempted do not tempt my word do not do anything to my word because at the end of the day revelation comes differently even whenever you talk about that, you know, when the guy was saying that, because for me, I also so baffled at that part. I'm like, the Holy Spirit speaks. Like, who are you telling me to how that works? <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, they have that, but it's not the validation of you going for yourself and living the word of God. So we can't be people just sit over and listen because people, and that's why the Bible says, in the last days, you know, we have to know the word of God by ourselves. So those are things. Like, even you sometimes, you might have error. You might have error, you might have error, but you believe that's what the Word of God says. I might have error because that's why I believe what the Word of God says. You know, until somebody points out, if anything doesn't go back to the Word of God and shows me what it is, no. So those are things that we have to guard our hearts on. Yeah. Yeah, anything else? If you're giving your sermon, his second sermon is, it, is it actually what it's titled. <coughs> Um, and people are <laughs> hearing again uh, what they first what they did against Jesus, especially these people, because you know it just happened soon after Jesus left the earth, so they were part of him being crucified, um, and then coming to the realization and like, oh wow, this is what happened. This is the 
the reason why everything happened and you know Peter goes and, and talks to uh, Moses Moses is the one who pointed to Jesus and said excuse me when Jesus comes listen to him listen to what he has to say mm-hmm. um, and then ultimately he says you know repent so that times of refreshing you know may come mm-hmm. and so you know I just I, 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 know, I just love that I love that um, where God is moving and what God is doing in all of our lives is first pinpointed first to Abraham and he's pointing out and then it moves into um, you know as Nambo was saying a lot ago like how, how the ministers to the Lord uh, the Israelites that's how they did it they sacrificed and all that stuff and that was ministries to the Lord uh, through um, Moses and then he jumps to Samuel and says like from Samuel onward the prophets still pointed toward Jesus and like uh, Jesus yeah Jesus is still that center. He's still that um, person that we are, uh, the fulfillment of the law and the prophets and stuff like that. So I think, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but it was, it, yeah, it's just, I guess, a summarization of what I saw in Peter, what I saw in his sermon and how he's bringing it back to, you guys did this, but here's the answer. Here is the solution. Here is a way that you can find Jesus, even in the midst of what you did to him, right? Because I don't think every of us think of it that way. We mm-hmm. don't think of it, oh, wow. We put Jesus on the cross. Yeah, that's true. And one of the points that I noticed over here is that um, when we were looking at this part, I noticed that um, uh, where is this? Where is this? Um, okay, so it says, now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance mm-hmm. as your leaders did, right? Because these people, you also look at it like, now we're going to turn this into the insight of people who know, but they're still ignorant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, people who, who know, but they're still ignorant. So if Peter was talking to me, and I know the truth, mm-hmm. but I'm still ignorant, or I know the truth, and then... um over here, I would, I would have thought, like, you know, I love how Peter talks, because I imagine how he talks. I feel like he was a little boastful mm-hmm. and stuff. So, but I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, Peter, you know, you're accusing me of all the sins that I did, but this man wanted to die for my sins. That's what I'm saying about it. Yeah. So that's the thing that I was, like, realizing. I was like, ooh, Peter was boasting over here, you know, accusing everybody. So even as believers in Christianity, we can sit over there and accuse people. Because we didn't know that Peter was a loud mouth and he was a sinner mm-hmm. too. And he, also we can accuse him for rejecting God. Yeah. <laughs> so in a sense. And also we can accuse him for crucifying God. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's, it's very interesting, you know. Yeah. That, that's just something that I thought about uh, no, when I was looking at him. Because I was like, well, Peter, you're also ignorant. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But we're not pointing fingers. But I just want to point fingers for that point. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And then um, the other synonymous for Deuteronomy, where this verse goes back, it goes back. If you guys ever read it, it's Deuteronomy chapter eighteen, where it talks about the prophets. So it's Deuteronomy chapter eighteen for uh, third Peter. If you guys ever want to do a synonymous. Oh, yeah, yeah. When Moses is talking about the prophets. Yeah. You know, verse fifteen says, "The Lord will raise God. Uh, the Lord your God will raise up." For you a prophet like me in the midst of your brethren. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh what's that called? Yeah. 
Did you want to say anything from that guy that you wanted to say? Oh. Okay, I mean. Yeah, so what are the points that the man was saying that you wanted to say? Um, okay, yeah, this was a, a pastor of Elevation Church. He was talking about transition. Mm -hmm. um, he was saying, like, the man, and which is actually what David is going to point out, because uh, the last verse in chapter 4 is like, he tells them that this man was like over 40 years old. So, in this time period, he was living, Jesus lived, you know, he died on the cross, and then he rose from the dead and went up to heaven. And during that time, this man was still begging at the temple gate. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wow, Jesus didn't even heal him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That also harkens to that, like, moment where at the pool of uh, Siloam, I think is what the pool is called, um, where the angel, Bethesda, yes, where the angel stirs up the water and then the first person to enter the water gets healed. And <laughs> Jesus, like, literally snuck up to one guy and he's like, would you like to get healed? And the guy's like, sir, no one has given me the opportunity. There's no one to take me to the pool, and by the time the water's disturbed, someone's already beat me to it. So, amid everyone who's waiting by the pool of Siloam, God heals this one guy and then disappears. <laughs> Jesus does. And so, talking about that in terms of like, this man has always been lame, and here's this transition point where he gets healed, and you look at his life after that, and it's like he basically talked to us about that, saying, you know. What is your life in transition? As you're waiting for transition, what does that look like? Are you attentive? Are you are doing you, something? Yeah. Are you doing? Are you doing? Yeah. Are you doing something? And when transition finally hits, are you ready for it? Yeah. You know, some, something along those lines. I, I'm definitely butchering it, but there's like a cool sermon in the way he, yeah, just talking about transition itself and um, how it affects our lives and how we, it affects how we view life. Basically. Yeah. I'm. I can relate to transition because sometimes like for me I know what God is up to but in the spiritual realm I'm understanding what's going on and then um, but in the physical realm it's yeah. like you want to tell somebody that you're going somewhere <laughs> <laughs> it's all about bragging that's what it is and I think that's what the hardest thing and then but in my transition God's telling me it's like are you doing something you know because you can't expect for fruit when you're not doing nothing yeah, exactly. They, if you're not planting, because when somebody plants the flowers, they first put the seed in there, yeah. and there's nothing that shows up. They first have to water it. They first have, they have to keep on playing with the soil, however they do. They have to buy fertilizer and water it and wait. Keep on waiting. Keep on waiting. And then the growth will take a little slower. You might see a little peak in the thing. You know, but how long is this tree supposed to grow? Mm. And that's the question. So it might take a little slower, 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 slower. And that is a transition. And then the, the after growing, if that fruit is supposed to bear fruit, I mean, if that tree is supposed to bear fruit, is it bearing fruit? Yeah. So, and that's the thing. So there's a lot of processes. So it's very interesting and very um, dimensional. Yeah, so, yeah, you can look at it as a tree, you can look at it as a baby too. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking so, yeah. about that too. Like how women, they're about to get to the, like, they're ready to like deliver this baby. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you don't, you, you grow, your belly has grown as much as you think it's possibly supposed to grow. The, the baby is due like any day now and it's not happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're just like, I wonder how they feel in that sense of like, just trying to get get it over with. They're like, mm -hmm. come on, dude, just get, get out already, you know. But it doesn't happen, right? Because mm -hmm. there's a set time, there's a set 
um, transition point where that baby comes from the womb so into this real world. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you you can't, or you, at least let's say you shouldn't rush it. Mm-hmm. It comes at that point in time. Yeah. The time that God destined for it to be. And I think that's a beauty that has kept me in peace because I'm like, um, the beauty about it is like, God is so mighty. His hand is not too short. And then on top of that, it's like, in that transition because i one of the miraculous things that i've always noticed is like okay how did we get here it is a transition of the holy spirit that moved us in this place so therefore if there was this kind of big transition there must be more transitions coming Mm -hmm. so that to me gives me hope like it tells me one of the biggest things i've learned is like if you feel unrested in the position that you're in that means there's more for your life that's what i've always known because i've always felt like that agitation in my spirit i'm like no this can't be it so, and that's basically what happened. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. The wound is growing. Yeah. <laughs>